0: the boy Praise God.
1: (laughs) You sure are sounding good. (laughs) It sure is good to be in church this morning. Oh, hallelujah. (laughs) I am looking for more of this and have us all together. It's really good to see all of your faces. Really good. And uh, God bless you all. And uh, wonderful, wonderful. Thank you. To musicians, thank you for the special Sister Naomi, and God bless you. You may have your seats for a moment. I'll just a uh, couple of things. If you'll just hang hang tough here, Amen. Well, we're we're happy for this gathering today, and we're just looking for a great time in the Lord. And He's the Shepherd. He's the one that feeds us. He's the one that called us. He's the one that sustains us. Amen. I want to just Brother Mark, if you can put um, a couple of things up there. I I want to just make you aware, Brother Andrew had referred to this some time back. Is this on a PowerPoint? It is. Okay. Brother Andrew had referred to a podcast that a few of the brothers are doing. Uh, These are a couple of pictures of what happens on Thursday night here at church when the brothers gather together in the absence of being able to go and evangelize in the streets and talk to people. We're using the electronic means, and they're doing a little podcast. Um, I believe it's called End Time Podcast. You can find it. But we've already had people that have looked at it and have asked questions about it. We've actually had a couple of emails at church lately, people asking about things. And so we. I want you just to remember these brothers. This is they gather together in the little tape room, they gather the chairs, they have um, recording material, they all have mics, um, and they gather together. So that's, that's the first one. This is, this is them all getting their notes and their thoughts and they're doing their things. How many have had a chance to listen to this at all? Well, God bless you. And um, so they're, they're gathering together. Uh, you see Brother Tito, Brother Max, Brother Andrew, Ethan is there. The only person you don't see in these pictures is Brother John because he's taking the pictures. And he didn't take any selfies, so this is what we get here. But this is them gathering together. They're discussing things. I, I would ask that we pray for these brothers, that God gives them uh, an anointing, and an unction, and that he uses this for the kingdom of God. And if it can reach someone and bring someone in, that's wonderful. So they're talking here, and they're discussing things, and... And they're doing this, and, and so it's, uh, we kind of got that a little bit, we lost part of Brother Andrew there, but uh, that's, that's, that's what we're, we're getting. So pray for them, and pray that God gets it to the last seat. I, I'll tell you what, I, I don't want anybody to go into a tribulation. I, I would, if God's got somebody in this city, and He's waiting on us to do something, let's be found doing something. Let's not be found just being inward. Let's be found doing something for the kingdom of God. So if you can pray or if you can support or you can do something or just pray that God would use this and bless this, and, and we, we just desire that God would bring in the last one. I also just want to have a couple of pictures here that I want to show you. These are our pictures from Malawi and um, many, many years ago. Uh, many, many years ago, Brother Harold went to Africa, and he went into the country of Malawi when there really was no churches at that time. And I believe it was him and Brother Don Bablitz, they went into there, and um, they they spoke a weekend meetings, I think 10 meetings, and Brother Dixon Kendoji was the translator, and he was with Church of Christ or something, but as he was translating, the word was getting a hold of him. And he meant to preach it, and he got kicked out, and thus began the movement of the message in Malawi. Well, now it's 30-some years later, and uh, Malawi, the, the message has spread, and, and it's still spreading. But Malawi's a poor country, they're, and they're very rural country. When Brother Harold and I went in there many years ago, we were together, and I still remember Brother... Dixon had taken us to a lot of little towns and we went to places and to me it was one of the most memorable trips in the sense that there was no big convention. There was some meetings in Blantyre and the Longway and places, but we went to a lot of places and Brother Paddington was a brother that was there, was an elder brother, but now there's a whole crop of younger brothers that are interested in getting the word out. So, um, We've been working together in a couple of ventures. We've been working together with um, uh, Cloverdale on some translation in Uganda, but we're also working together in some of the work in Malawi, and also together with Brother Barry Coffey on some of this, some translation, but also some printing of things. And, and you may or may not be aware, but, but Voice of God doesn't print books anymore. They... They just do the tablets, and the tablets are what, what has the message, but not everybody can have a tablet, and there's a great need still for books, and, 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 and truthfully, some of these people never had Bibles, never had a Bible, believed the message for years, but never had a Bible, just went to church, just heard what the minister said. So we've been working together, and, and this is a group of ministers that gathered here just recently, and uh, number of ministers that just going through the country and doing things. Um, Brother Barry had actually, Barry has a uh, work called Vision Books and he does a lot of printing. He us, utilizes things out of China. Uh, Brother Harold was able to resource some of the original uh, translations that are being used in conjunction with Cloverdale, but there's printing, there's things going on. So this is an order of books that just recently came into Malawi. I'm grateful the Word of God is still going on. I'm, I, I, I'll tell you what, the joy to see somebody's face get a message book in their hands, in their language, it's the Word of Life. What if we wouldn't have it? We, let's not become complacent. Let's, let's do all we can. Let's pray. So these are some of the, the printing that's been going and the books that have being delivered now in the last uh, weeks and months, and there'll be more coming, and... Um, this is, I think his name is Brother Paddington, not the same Brother Paddington, but he travels and he does a lot of uh, work delivering the message, giving the books out, and, uh, and here's people getting their first Bible. Oh, man. <laughs> I got, I think, six or seven Bibles. Every time we go into a Christian bookstore, the only place I go and look is at the Bibles. And, uh, but I'll tell you what, a Bible... For the the only Bible you've had, some never even had it. So to have a Bible, what a joy. And uh, so here people are getting their Bibles. The joy to have a Bible in your own language. Wonderful. We thank God for that. And uh, these are a group of the believers that got their Bibles and They sent a note back to anybody that was helping or supporting or praying. They were so grateful. They said, send this to anybody. So Brother Barry sent me some of these pictures back. But I think that's wonderful. And I think let's do all we can, whether it's locally, whether it's overseas, or wherever we are. Send the light. Get it out. Get the message out. (laughs) So anyway, that's good. Let's stand together. I, I wanted to just show you that. I want to be a part of whatever God's doing. Thank God for the vision of men years ago that were pioneers, like Brother Harold, Brother Don Bablitz. There was others that went overseas to different countries, different places, Brother Searle. Different ones went to to different places, Brother Biscoll, all those. My, we got to keep the work. So why don't we sing this song, Send the Light? Can we do that this morning? (laughs) Send the light it cause like. this is the message that needs to get out. This is the message God had in his mind before the foundation of the world. It's not different than the Bible. It is the Bible. It is the message that had to go out according to Malachi or Matthew 24 until all the world hears this gospel. This gospel needs to be heard. How many are glad they heard this gospel? Oh, it resonated deep within. I am so grateful that there was something in me to receive it. Amen. God bless you. Thank you to the musicians. Let's turn in our Bibles this morning, the book of Amos, Amos chapter 3. Amos chapter 3. This will be very familiar to us, but I don't want the words to be familiar. I want it to be fresh and new. So pull on the word this morning. Amos chapter 3, we're going to start reading from verse 1. Hear this word that the Lord has spoken against you, O children of Israel, against the whole family which I brought up from the land of Egypt, saying, now, now I want you to notice Amos is a prophet. Amos was a simple man. He was a farmer, but he was God's voice to the time that he lived in. This was a time of prosperity. This was a time of affluence. And when times are like that, people forget God. But Amos had God's voice. He was a prophet. And he says this in verse 2, "'You only have I known of all the families of the earth. "'Therefore, I will punish you, for all your iniquities "'can two walk together, except they be agreed. "'Will a lion roar in the forest when he hath no prey? "'Will a young lion cry out of his den "'if he have taken nothing? "'Can a bird fall in a snare upon the earth?' Where there is no gin for him, that's a trap. Shall one take up a snare from the earth and have taken nothing at all? Shall a trumpet be blown in the city and the people not be afraid? Shall there be evil in the city and the Lord has not done it? So whenever the Lord asks a question, he makes it very clear that there's an answer. And I think we know the answer to all these questions. Now it all leads up to verse 7. Surely the Lord God will do nothing, but He reveals His secret unto His servants, the prophets. Surely the Lord will do nothing, but He reveals His, unto his, his secret unto His servants, the prophets. The lion has roared, Who will not fear? The Lord God has spoken. Who can but prophesy? Shall we bow our heads this morning, Heavenly Father? We're thankful for all the songs that were sung. We're thankful for the prayers that were uttered. We're thankful for the gathering, both in this building and those that are hearing. Now, Lord, we're asking that the Spirit of God that has come in this generation came not just on one man, but it came, Lord, for others to follow. Lord, may it come upon us. May it bring us into one mind and one accord. May it bring us, O Lord, where our souls can be fed this morning. Father, we need you. This is a deceitful, wicked time. And we need the Word of God in truth and in power. We need the Spirit of God in our midst this morning. More than we need the spirit of Brother Ed, we need the Holy Ghost. More than we need our own opinions, we need the Holy Ghost this morning. Father, we're asking, take the preeminence. Wherever we're gathered, Lord, we want you to take first place. We commit these words and the things that are to be said in the name of Jesus Christ. May you have your way, we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You May you have your seats. I'm going to turn directly to the book of Second Chronicles, chapter twenty, in verse twenty. This is as um, uh, Je- uh, I think it's um, Jehoshaphat is going into battle, and as he's going into battle, he says this in verse twenty: They rose up early in the morning and they went forth into wilderness of Tekoa, and as they went forth, Jehoshaphat stood and said. Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, so shall you be established. Believe his prophets, so shall you prosper. Amen. God bless his word. I would like to speak this morning, and I'm going to take our title I'm going to take our title and and call this The Way of a True Prophet, The Way of a True Bride. And you'll know the first part of that is a message that Brother Branham spoke, The Way of a True Prophet. I want to be simple and foundational in my thoughts today. And I believe what we're speaking, even though we may have heard it intellectually we need to allow our, our ourselves to be washed by the water of the Word. We rub shoulders with the world. There are spirits in the world that are completely against this message. And they will do anything they can to water down the effects of the message. They will do anything they can to allow us to have Maybe our own thoughts and our own opinions and and maybe not to be as completely sold out to it as we ought to be. And I believe that we continually need to hear it in its purity and its, its truth. And I believe that is in tape listening, but I also believe it's in attendance. I believe it's in gathering together. I believe it's in ministry preaching. I believe it's in people pulling on the Word. I believe it's the Spirit of God that needs to cleanse us and purify us. And I believe if you're a real believer this morning, that's what your soul desires. And I believe the world around us has gotten so lukewarm and watered down and so politically correct that it takes this message for us to truly be overcomers in this age. Because if you're going to follow the political correctness of this world and you bring it into the pulpit or you bring it into your mind or you bring it into your thinking, we'll surely fail. That's not what God has called us to. Now I started preaching before I even got into my introduction. But let's, let's go start with that this morning. 45,000 denominations in the world. 45,000 Christian denominations in the world. This according to the Center for the Study of Global Christianity. The Bible would say this in the book of Amos, chapter 8, verse 11. It would say, Behold, the days shall come, saith the Lord, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. Verse Verse 12 says, And they shall wander from sea to sea, and from the north even to the east they shall run to and fro to seek the word of the Lord, and they shall not find it. This is a characteristic Of the last days this is a characteristic of the age we have never has religion had so many opinions never has religion had so many voices never has the Christian faith been so discombobulated but in the midst of it all God has a voice God has a truth and I say this you've got to work hard to find that truth Something has to be opened up to you. An entrance needs to be ministered unto you. So in the midst of all of this, now, I'm going to read a few things as we go along this morning. But I I want to just say this. Brother Bannon would say this in the Church Age book. The church, and he's calling it the church, is no longer the mouthpiece of God. It is its own mouthpiece. God is turning on her. He will confound her through the prophet and the bride for the voice of God is in her. Now look, it's not just the prophet. It's the bride who has the same spirit, the same voice. There's a true prophet. There's a true bride. And he says, yes, sir. He said in in Revelation 17, the spirit and the bride say, come, come. Once more, the world will hear direct from God as at Pentecost, but of course, the word bride will be repudiated as it was in the first age. So there's a famine for hearing the word of God. Turn with me to Psalms 37, verse 19. Actually, let's just have Brother Mark put it up. I want to move quickly just to get to some thoughts. Psalms 37, verse 19. They shall not be ashamed of me in the evil time. In the days of famine, they shall be satisfied. I will tell you that we have a source today. We have a place that we can go to where our souls are fed. It will not be to the comfort of your flesh. It will not be to the comfort of your spirit. But it will be what your soul has need of. And I'll say this, we need to hear it straight. We need to hear it not with 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 gloves on. We need to hear it not with you'll be okay. We need to hear it as God has spoken in this last day. That's what this world needs. It doesn't need, it doesn't need psychology. It doesn't need ministry that pats the people on the back. It needs the mouth of God that was spoken to us. That's what I need. That's what you need this morning. Psalms chapter 1, verse 1. Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Now, in a time of famine, that doesn't change this scripture. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Now, let me read something that Brother Branham will give commentary on out of the restoration of the bride tree. Bride tree, he refers to this scripture. He shall bring forth his fruit in his season. And he says, watch his. It is his fruit, capital H-I-S, God's fruit in the season that the prophet is bringing it. So in other words, it's not just Whatever fruit, fruit, the, the Pharisees that lived in Jesus' time, they bore some fruits. But the fruit that was needed was the fruit that followed the ministry of Jesus Christ and which was already spoke by the word and the prophets, the law and the prophets. Jesus was, he would come and say, think not I am come to destroy the law and the prophets. I am come to fulfill it. And I believe we've been called not just to be hearers. We've not just been called to pack message books under our our arms or to have it on our tablets or to have it on our devices or to just say, yeah, and hide behind it. But we've been called to live it. We've been called to stand behind it, to have conviction, to have principle. And I think that's the principle that the minister needs from the congregation. The congregation needs to be in tune. The minister needs to be in tune with what God has already spoken by his messenger. The spirit that came down in this last day was not the spirit of William Branham. It was the spirit of God ordained for this last day. And it took the characteristics of William Branham, and Elijah, like the Elijah of old, and Elijah with a certain nature that also came like the prophets before him, not schooled in in theology, not schooled in right things, but schooled in one thing, that he was going to be obedient to the Word of God above all. That's what I needed. That's what you needed. That's what we need right now, more than ever. This is going to be simple, but it's going to be direct. And I say that that's what we need. I am so tired of politics. I'm tired of hearing, you got to do this, and you got to do this, and be careful what you say there. There's one place where we can have freedom. It's right here. It's where we can minister according to the the conviction that God has placed on us. It's where we can say amen to the Word. It's where we can lay aside our personal feelings, our personal things, and say, I I don't care if I'm wrong, I'm going to say amen to the Word. Thank you. For your amens this morning. So he says, "It's God's fruit in God's time, by the prophet's season, He will bring forth His fruit in His season." Now, see if there isn't two Hises there. Bring forth God's fruit in the season that the messenger is ordained to come. He will bring forth those. The messenger that brings the fruit of God will bring it in God's season, the season of the bringer. It cannot wither. Why? It's got predestinated fruit in there. It cannot destroy it because it's predestinated. Now he would go on to say, and I want to just take this because I'm not just taking this and putting this all on Brother Branham. This is on all of us this morning. We can easily hide and we can, we can, if, if I, and I feel sometimes maybe in the message we start to become guilty of garnishing the tomb of the prophet. And we polish it all up and we make it look good and we say, this is what Brother Branham did. This is what Brother Branham, we also need to have an unction. We also need to say and have a conviction. We can't put it all on him. We've got to put it back on us. I have received this message, I must bring forth, it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Amen. The message will be established, not just in tapes and books that are, that are over there, but the message has to be established in here, down here, in young people, in old people, in middle-aged people. Amen to that. Thank you this morning. So Brother Bannam says, he'll be planted by a river. Same message, same quotes. When David saw him, he was planted by a tree. It had life in its roots. The roots had life in them to bring forth his fruit in his season. The tree will not cast its fruit. Now he says, a man. Now what an establishment he has, he says. A man that's planted by the river, the river's of water, one water, one spirit. There are gifts of healing, the same spirit, gifts of prophecy, same spirit, all the same spirit, but many gifts, one giver. I'm gonna say some things that are just are straight because they need to be said. And I'm sorry if it offends anyone, but it's the truth, anyhow. I believe we need to speak it truthfully. I don't believe we're here just to 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 do and just to give platitudes and to give nice voices. Well, you know they're they're in the message and there are spirits around the message. And I'm not listen when when we say these things. And let me clarify one thing: if there's some passion, it's not that I'm angry with an individual. And I and I think that if if I'm if I would say anything and it's against an individual, I need to go back to the altar. Same if we're hearing something, don't take offense if it seems to be against someone. Blessed is he that is not offended in me, Jesus said. In other words, if we're wrong, admit you're wrong. I, I got a message coming on that, and I don't know when I'll get to it, but I, I'll just say we don't need to go around with baggage hanging on our minds and hinder our walk and the body from moving on with God. We need to allow God to purge us, cleanse us, and move forward. Forget the attitudes against someone. Forget what someone's done to you. Be a Christian. Forgive and forget. And move on with God. Now, there is around the message an attitude that says, It's only on Brother Branham. It's only on the tapes. That's the only voice we have. I I feel like we we need to do what what Brother Branham said. It's not not just about tapes, but it's the tape teaching. Go and listen to the tapes and say what the tapes say. So I'm going to say what the tapes say this morning. Brother Branham. We have seen you ordain men. I don't believe you would do that if they were not to preach. Mercy, brother, sister, whoever told you nobody is to preach but me, I'd sure be a poor subject to, with God. Any man that feels the call of God in his life, get into the ministry and start preaching. We need them. I'll tell you what we need sometimes is we need to come to church and allow God to anoint a man to stick a finger in our face and say, you're not doing right. And not be offended by it. If you can do that with just a tape, fine. But I'll say this, allow the Word of God to cleanse you. Allow it to change you, to shape you, to establish you. And I'll tell you, and, and God had the law all along, but he had prophets, because when they took their interpretation of the law, God had to send a prophet and straighten them out. So it was the law and the prophets. And it's still, you know, you make the message a law, and you just put it there, and, and, and you take a tape that you like, and a tape, I, I like this, and I want to listen to that one. It's all of it or Nothing. He says, men of God are anointed all over the world to preach the gospel. I'm just one little pebble on the beach among many big stones. There's a lot more eligible, more worthy, more than anything to preach. I'm one humble person laying there. I'm one grain of wheat in a whole garner. You know what I mean. Any man that's called of God needs to preach the gospel. This is what the message says, and I'm saying what the message says this morning. Questions and answers, Brother Branham. He he says, "I want to talk to Brother Vale, Brother, other brethren here. I would like this afternoon to have an instruction service for those that are seeking the baptism of the Holy Ghost." Would that be all right to you, brethren? Brother Neville and all of you and Brother Caps, I want, and if anyone wants to be instructed in the baptism of the Holy Ghost, why don't you come to the tabernacle? What would be best, the morning or the afternoon? And if you've got a question on doctrine or a question on the message and you have never gotten ministered to personally or you want to pray for, be prayed for, why don't you slip down here at 10 o'clock in the morning and see these men? Oh, you mean it's not on just Brother Branham? No, it isn't. It's on every one of us. I'm not just going to stop at ministers. I'm going to stop. It falls on every one of us. It falls on parents. It It falls on everyone. It behooves us. To say, I'm a part of this. i got a voice. I'm not just going to be a bystander. I'm not just going to be watching something. I'm going to be engaged. I'm going to be a part of this move. And you say, you go to them. They'll be glad to help you in any way they can. No, there's more I can say. I need to move on. That was was maybe earlier in the message than I thought. I thought if I get to it, I get to it. But I, I felt the Spirit was right to get to it. Now let's just look here, how many enjoyed the message of Brother Paul on Wednesday? I thought that was very good. It was one thing that he mentioned, which was a pattern. And a pattern is that it has to fit the Bible all the way through. You can't take and isolate one quote. You can't take and isolate one scripture. But you follow the pattern that God has established. So let's go to Exodus chapter 20. Exodus chapter 20, and we will start reading in verse 18. This is after Moses has gone into the mount. They've gathered around the mountain. Moses has received the Ten Commandments. He comes down, verse 18, and all the people saw the thunderings, the lightnings, the noise of the trumpet, the mountain smoking, and when the people saw it, they removed and stood afar off. And they said unto Moses, speak thou with us, and we will hear but let not God speak with us, lest we die. And Moses said unto the people, Fear not, for God is come to prove you that his fear may be up before your faces that you sin not. I am, if I'm against anything this morning, I'm against a spirit that would water down the message or the effect of the message, or to stop the message from going out in the power that God has ordained it to go out. That means it's not just sitting in in, in one place, but it's allowing God to have free course. Now, the pattern that God says here is I'm not going to speak lip to ear, but I'm going to use a prophet. Now, It doesn't give the full description in this verse, but let's go over to Deuteronomy 18. And Deuteronomy 18, I believe this is good for all of us to hear it. Young and old, seasoned, or those that haven't heard it, I think we need to be reminded to be washed by the water of the Word. So in Deuteronomy 18, um, I'm not going to read verses 9 to 14, but... They're coming into the land, and Paul is telling them when you come into the land, there's going to be abominations of other nations. They're going to have different observations, enchanters, witches, charmers, familiar spirits. All these things are an abomination in verse 12, and God will drive these nations from you, but you need to be perfect before God. Now he goes and says this in verse 15. The Lord your God shall raise up unto thee A prophet from the midst of thee, of thy brethren, like unto me, unto him shall you hear. So now, Moses was the first of many to come. Now Abraham was a prophet, but here's where God was identifying, this is a pattern that I'm going to work with. And he says, now, he's going to be my voice on earth. And he says, The way that you were, where I spoke lip to ear with you, Moses, so I will speak to the prophets. Now, verse 16, according to all that thou desirest of the Lord thy God in Horeb in the day of assembly, when they said, let me not hear again the voice of the Lord my God, neither let me see this great fire anymore, that I die not. Moses was a mediator. Now let me, let me slow down, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm moving too fast and I, I, got, I got some time today to go through this and um, we just had changed the schedule a little bit, it didn't work out so uh, for Brother Max tonight so I, I just felt I'm going to take my time and carry this into tonight so I'm going to have you out early enough this morning but if we need to follow through we're going to follow it through. We, we, we talk about the world is interested in gifted men. They're interested in chasing after gifts. They're interested in chasing after uh, signs. And there were many that followed the message that would look at Brother Branham as a gifted man. And they would refer to the gifts as that which they saw in the supernatural, that which they saw under first pull, the sign in the hand, that which they saw under second pull, which was... Uh, the discernant, And yet they would fail to miss the gift that was there when it went to third pull. And it was the gift of God to us. Because a true prophet doesn't major on signs. You can go back to Deuteronomy chapter 13 and Moses said if there is a prophet or a dreamer or somebody arrives and they have a dream and it doesn't line up with the word, don't listen to him. And yet many people will look at vindication of the supernatural and ignore the fact that it doesn't agree with the established word of the day as given by a prophet. Now, if you look in the you look in the message, Brother Branham would often say, and he would refer to Micaiah, and I, I may not get to it this morning, but Micaiah was a prophet in the time of Israel. They were besieged, the enemy was going about them, and 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 Ahab came and he had all his prophets and they said, Shall we go to the enemy? And 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 or that's when I think Jehoshaphat came to him and said, You know, we have a prophet here and he but he hates me. Ahab says, and he says, but he says, I have these four hundred. And Jehoshaphat said, Isn't there one more? Because the four hundred said, Go. And yet what was on them, Micaiah would, would 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 show forth, he said, I saw in heaven there was a spirit that says, I'll come down, it was a lying spirit, and it came down on 400 men to deceive and to cause Israel to go in that which God has not ordained. So I need to say, we need to be faithfully taught. We need to be taught not just to go after signs and wonders, not to run after somebody that has a vindication, but to stay behind what God has vindicated. And I'll tell you what, there's a gift that was in the third pull. And I don't know about you, friends. I'm going to just share it from my heart, from where I was at. I never saw first pull. I never saw second pull. I had family that saw it. I listened to tapes. But that was not what convinced me. What convinced me was when I put on a tape and I heard, Good morning, friends. And there was something about that voice. And I and I and I will say it's still about that voice. If you ever get confused or you don't know where, put on that voice. I I, I'm saying we need to hear that voice. I'm not against tapes. I am just saying, do what the tapes say. I think we need to listen to tapes, it's a part of the fabric of my daily and weekly diet. And I think it ought to be a part of everyone's diet. And there was times I would go into my room and I would lock the room. That was not in an age of cell phones. It was not in the age of the neurotic society that even we get affected by. We can not hardly sit still for 15 minutes. You can overcome that. And I would go into my room and sometimes I'd close the door. And I'd sit there, and I'd lay there, or I'd be on my knees, and I would have a message book open, and I would hear that voice, and sometimes it tore the hide off of me. But it was good for me. And I think it still is good for me. And I think we need to hear that so when we come to church, we're not offended if somebody identifies something. If God anoints a man to speak something or say something, but that we're ready and say, it's me, Lord. I needed that. And I look back to that time in my life. I was a young man, and I would say, that's where God started to shape me and mold me. And I'll, I will say it right now. That, when I would listen, I went, I went through, I think it was about a six-week period where I went by the seals I came home, I was living in in eastern Canada, I was alone, I didn't have distractions, I would put a tape on, I would go through the seals, I would underline, I would underline, I would, and to this day, those things are still with me. They have become ingrained in me. And I think we need to have that ingrained. That's the way of a true prophet. But what is the way of a true bride? She's focused on one thing. And that one thing is to focus on the Word of God. It's to focus on pleasing Him. Not pleasing my flesh. Not not making it comfortable for me. But Lord, You mold me. You shape me. You do the work in me. And I would do that... And I say, to this day, it still influences me when I'm studying for a message. And also of a, sudden a thought comes to me, oh yeah, and, and it's, uh, oh, it's over there. It used to be when I had a seals book, oh yeah, that was in the middle of the second seal up on the right-hand side about a third of the way through, and it was underlined in there. It was part of me. I say this, not everybody's called to be a minister, but I say this, you're called to be a part of this message. And, and and just the same as I might need it for a service, you might need it with your children. You might need it when you're witnessing to somebody. You might need it for making a decision. And if it's there, if it's ingrained in you, and you're not weakened by this world. And I say, we can get anemic. We can get diluted. We can dilute the message. I'm saying, We can't do that to survive. We need it pure. We need it straight. We need it with everything that it was meant to give us in this day. I'm sorry if this was what you you weren't expecting for the first service back. But this is where I feel to go. This is where I feel we need to give everything. And then tonight maybe I'll get into it. And it's not just as simple as showing up. It's not that simple. We need to be engaged. Let me leave it. i got to build to that. And I'm not here. I'm not angry. I'm just saying, let's wake up. Let's be rugged Christian soldiers. Let's not be soft. What's our testimony going to be on the other side? I couldn't make it to church because it wasn't convenient. I I, I I, just, and the Queen of Sheba was there. I came three months to get to a service. There was robbers. There was all kinds of things, and I, I couldn't make it. I couldn't make it because I had a bit of fear in me, or because I felt it's just as easy to sit back. Listen, I'm not saying it that I, I'm, I'm, I'm looking just for attendance. I would like people to participate. I would like people to benefit. There's a supernatural thing that happens when a minister preaches, and you pull, and you say it. Sometimes God changes the whole service, and it directs something and it gives you faith, and it gives somebody else faith. And I say, you need to be a part of that. I need to be a part of that. Okay, I'm, I'm really going off my notes here now, but Thank you. The gift of William Branham, Brother Branham, I don't like to just refer to it in a casual sense. I reverence it. And it wasn't the man that I'm loyal to. It wasn't the personality. I'm not even a hunter. That wasn't what drew me. His his nature is actually different than my nature, but there's a part of me that identifies with it when it comes to the Word of God. The gift that was given us. I I, I don't know any man that was so gifted to tear the hide off of me. And then the Spirit of God would come behind it and said, Now, let's just sing a songs. We've been cut, but now let the Holy Ghost bathe us. And then you're just there and say, Yes, Lord. I needed this this morning. I wasn't only shaped by that but I was shaped by Brother Harold ministering the word straight. I was times when maybe I thought a certain thing, but then the word came across this pulpit, and it shaped me, and it set my course, and I think we need to pray for the same thing. Lord, let's not just have Sunday morning and Sunday night and Wednesday night get-togethers. Let's have church. Let's have the Holy Ghost minister to us. Let's be engaged where there's a spirit that comes and it casts out the evil one. Where it takes wicked spirits that will try to attach itself and it separates us from them. And it also lifts up. And it encourages, and it gives a bomb in due season, and it gives instruction in due season. I think that's what we all need this morning. I don't know if we realize how much we've been affected. There's a generation that the Bible said that would be weaker but wiser. Don't let that come in this message. Don't become so revelated that you can't move to help and witness someone, that you can't be a part of the gathering where there's an amen to the service, that you can't pray. I think you need to say, Lord, have I fallen from my first love? Have I fallen from that place? Bring me back to that Lord. And as ministers, we're not here just to say, listen, just going to pat everybody on the back. And, you know, we, we don't want to offend anybody. You know, they're in the message. Well, they may be around the message, but there's, there's some things that may not be right. And you don't even know what it might not straighten out. And if I'm wrong, I want to be straightened out. I, I, I'll guarantee you one thing. I'm not here, I'm not here with my own agenda. Because I lay before the Lord every time I say, Lord... I've had this thing, I've been battling, maybe it's a bit of an attitude. Lord, let that not come through in the pulpit. But Lord, let it be you. And I think that's the way we all need to be. I'm not really going through with my thought very well. Deuteronomy 18, verse 15. Sorry, we're we're now into verse 16. According to all that thou desirest the Lord thy God, Horeb, in the day of assembly, saying... Let me not hear again the voice of the Lord my God, neither let me see this great fire any more that I die not. And the Lord said unto me, They have well spoken that which they have spoken. I will raise them up a prophet from among their brethren, and like unto thee will put my words in his mouth, and he will speak unto them all that I shall command him, and it shall come to pass, whosoever will not hearken unto the words that he shall speak in my name, I will require it of him. I feel like we've become too casual with the message. I think we just say, Brother Branham said, I think we just take quotes and we, we run them off and it justify some of our thinking that's not always right. And I think we need a godly fear about how we handle this message. Because this word here is, if you don't hearken unto the words, I will require it of him. Brother Mark, I'm going to jump. Listen, maybe I, I better just stay here for a minute. It goes into verse 20. But the prophet, which shall presume to speak a word in my name which I have not commanded to speak or shall speak in the name of other gods, that prophet shall die. We could go to scriptural basis on this. You can read 1 Kings 13. You can read where one prophet got a word and another prophet said, no, God told me. And the first prophet who heard what the second prophet said of himself, God required it at his hands. We've got to stay true to God. God's voice. Verse 22, when a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord, if the thing follow not nor come to pass, that is the thing which the Lord has not spoken, but the prophet has spoken it presumptuously, thus shall not, you shall not be afraid of him. When all these isms rise up, when princes that used to be in the message come and start to bring reasonings, listen, God never asked us to reason. He asked us to believe. And there's something in the real believer that can't figure it out sometimes. But they're so in tune and said, this is the voice of God. Of that I'm convinced. There is no other voice. That's our absolute. Okay, now I I need you to go with me. Hebrews chapter 1 for a moment. And then we'll go to Acts chapter 3. Hebrews chapter 1. God, who at sundry times in a diverse manner spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophets. Now, many people use this as a springboard that it's no more. That doesn't say that. In fact, the Son of Man ministry is likened unto a prophet's ministry. Jesus himself fulfilled that ministry. Hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son of whom we've been appointed heir of all things, by whom he also made the worlds. Now let's just stop there. Now, go back to Acts chapter 3. In Acts chapter 3, I want you just to look at where we're at. We're living at the end of time. 45,000 denominations, many voices, many opinions. Even around this message, many opinions. And then people will say, "Well, there's a true fivefold and there's a false fivefold." I I disagree with that. There is a true message. There's a true fivefold. All else is false. Let's just call it what it is. The false wasn't given a place. The Spirit speaks to both churches—true and false. I'm coming to a part of the prophet's ministry. Let me let me finish this. Is this all right this morning? How many love the Word of God in in whatever manner it comes, but preach it true? I'd rather have people that are interested in that than to have many more. Give me those that want the pure Word of of truth. Acts chapter 3, verse 17. And now, brethren, I what not through ignorance that you did it, as did your rulers, but those things which God has before has showed by the mouth of His prophets that Christ should suffer, He has so fulfilled. Repent you, therefore, and be converted that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. When when God would send a prophet and a ministry, that was a refreshing to the true believer. And He shall send Jesus Christ, which... Before was preached unto you, whom the heaven must receive until the times of restitution of all things, whom God has spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world begun began, For Moses truly said unto the fathers, A prophet shall the Lord your God raise up unto you of your brethren like unto me. Him shall you hear in all things whatsoever he shall say to you. Now look at the next verse. And it shall come to pass that every soul which will not hear that prophet. Now that doesn't mean, doesn't come within earshot. But here means to obey. Here means to not dilute. Here means to receive it. Let it cut me. Let it shape me. Let it form and make me what I ought to be. Whosoever shall not hear that prophet shall be destroyed from among the people. I don't want to be of those that have a testimony. Like the centurion, After Jesus died. Surely this was the Son of God. Past tense. I want to catch it now. And I want to act on it now. There's a place when Brother Branham would refer to Micaiah. And how he stood with the word of the prophet before him. He could not deviate in that in any way. And in the middle of the message, anointed ones at the end time, Brother Branham speaking to the leaders in this last day that were there. And he's saying, and he, and he was saying, and he's talking about Micaiah and, 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 and the spirit that was on all of them. And it says, and it shall come to pass. And it shall come to pass. As it, it said, in, let, let me read it the way he said it because I thought this was so good. He would say this. Micaiah said, you'll find out one of these days when California is beneath the sea out yonder, you'll see what was among you. I don't want to be there. I don't want to be lulled to sleep by the spirits of this world. I, I, listen, friends, we need to be not waiting for something to come. We've received our last sign. We need to pray that we get in the spirit of what has come and that we stay in that spirit and that our, spence, our senses are spiritually in tune to let it affect us when you face temptation. Temptation. When there's a temptation to go on to YouTube, when there's a temptation to look the other way, when there's a temptation to let down on the dress code, when there's a temptation, that's when the Word of God needs to resonate and said, don't do it. I need that voice with me. Not just here in the pulpit. I need it as I go home. I need it in my private places. I need it when I'm driving on the road. I need it in my thought life. He says, and Brother Bram says, people make websites have risen up and they make fun of this. Jesus talked about Capernaum. They, they linked together the words of Jesus with what Brother Branham prophesied. Brother, Jesus prophesied of Capernaum. It didn't happen right away, but it was many years later. Oh, what a day that will be when the waves are roaring. I, I, I don't want to put fear on you, but I want to put a godly fear on you. Don't let me be lulled to sleep. I'll tell you, this prophet came with a conviction. He said, you watch. According to science, it's all honeycombed. It's got to go. You watch, the water will come plumb back to the salt and Sea. And there's now websites making fun of this. People that used to be in our midst. Not, not necessarily here, but around the message. Los Angeles is doomed before, for judgment. I tell you before it happens that you might know when it does happen. I never spoke that by myself. That's what I believe. This was not the opinion of a crank. This was not the opinion of Brother Branham. I, 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 I got to be careful where I go with this this morning because I, I don't want to sound all negative here, but I, wanna, I want us to be sharpened up. I want us to think about this. I never spoke that by myself. Can I read a couple of things to you? This is Brother Branham in discernment. Sister comes, you have had troubles, inward troubles. or no, sorry, it's a man... I'm not reading your mind, sir. I'm trying to find out what's wrong with you. You've tried everything that you can to nearly get well. Doctors has turned you down. And he says, it's a nerve condition. Nothing can help me, you. You've been given up. And then these words come, but Jesus will help you now. He's the only one that can help us. Without Him, I'm nothing. Without Him, you're nothing. He's the only one for, for mountains and rivers that are uncrossable. Do you believe me? Will you obey me? You want to be healthy and have all that weary and gloomy and crazy feeling like you're losing your mind. I'll tell you, this world is losing its mind. He said, I can tell you where it started. It's on the prostate. But what it's really doing, it's a demon. It haunts you. You have no peace. Day and night it's after you. You get gloomy feelings. He says, don't get weary. You only have I known of all the families. A prophet doesn't just come on a national level. I'll... I'm not going to get into this fully today, but it's not just a national level. And we sit back and we go, yeah, modern Sodom and Gomorrah. And we sort of sit back smug and justified. And and, No, it actually comes to shape us and to hew us and to help us. You only have I known of all the families. This word was for me. I needed to repent. I needed to get attitudes fixed up. That's why I still come to church. That's why I come to hear these other brothers preach. That's why I listen to tapes. Let me read one more here. Brother Brown said, I don't say this of myself. You have a problem. You were a child, a little boy with knee pants. I believe a dog chased you or something. A big dog. You run to the porch. I see it as a little boy. Oh, he says, who would know that but God alone? Just look at the prophet. He's amazed. I never knew that. It was only him that knew that. Oh, how marvelous. These things, this very truth, my brother, I tell you, I'm going to ask him to let it leave you. Will you take my word now? He says, will you do as I tell you now while I'm praying? Jesus, I believe with all my heart. I commit myself to you. And I believe that the prayer of faith is going to save you right now. You know what? That's the word of God has come to do. It wasn't just for that generation. It's for us right now. This service right now. This is an appointment of the supernatural God. Oh, there's, there's my, many others can say that he goes. I, I can't read them all. I've got to keep going where we're at here with our time. Now, here it says, Verse 23, and it will come to pass that every soul which will not hear that prophet shall be destroyed among the people. Woe unto us if we allow the standards to slip. We're not going to give account to the minister. This is not Brother Harold's opinion, Brother Ed's opinion. This is not your parents' opinion. We are under a mandate where God spoke to a prophet And he said there was no woman in the Bible that would get through with a certain dress standard, with makeup. The vision beyond the curtain of time was four things. It was long hair. It was dresses. It it, it was sleeves. it, it 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 was all of these things and no makeup. Brother Ed, why? You know what I hate? That I have to apologize for preaching for this. Never let it be. Brother Ed, preach it. If I need to hear it, I need to hear it. We've come to a time where I believe we need to get rid of that spirit once and for all. Let's not apologize. Let's not have to pull back. If you're doing wrong, get in line. Men of God, be men of God. Take charge of your house. The woman will not answer for the man. The man will answer for the woman. Let's be men. Brother Branham asked the question, give me men of principle. Where are the Abraham Lincolns? Where are the George Washingtons? And I asked the question, where are the men like William Branham that will stand? I I just spent couple of days going through way of a true prophet. Why we are not a denomination. Jezebel religion. Do you think it was easy for Brother Branham to preach what he preached? He said, I came to a church, and the minister that invited me, when I saw his wife sitting on the platform and leading songs, dressed in a skinned down wiener, you catch the picture, I'm ashamed, like I'm happy that it's summer, but I'm ashamed at what I'm seeing in the world around me. You can't even look anywhere. Don't let that spirit come in here. The Holy Ghost will tell you how tight it should be and how loose it should be. And if you don't know, ask your husband. I'm sorry, I don't mean to pick on sisters. And I say to men, we need to also shape up. Let's not let everything come through. Well, whatever, yeah, whatever. No, I think if something comes through that's not right, we need to say, hold on. Let's get together and discuss this in the home. Okay, all of you that came back to church on Sunday, we're looking forward to a wonderful service. I trust you're having a wonderful service. I trust that your soul is being fed. I trust that this morning. Okay, let's, and I'm, I'm saying it because there's a spirit in the last days. Let's quickly go to first, 2 Peter chapter 1. You'll know this very well. We could take a whole service on this, but let's just take this, I'll just take four verses. I might pick up more of it later. Second Peter, sorry, 2 Peter chapter 3. I'm sorry, 2 Peter chapter 3. Brother Mark, I'm jumping around, but just stay with me. I thank you. This second epistle, this is Peter, the very last epistle that he's writing. This second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you, in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance. I'm doing that this morning. That you may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by who? The holy prophets. And of the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior, knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their lusts, but don't worry, they won't come around the end time message. Oh, are you kidding me? They come around, they sit in church, guaranteed, and they take offense if you start preaching this way. No, let me hear the good words. I may not get to Ezekiel chapter 33 this morning. But you go to Ezekiel chapter 33, verse 30, and he says, the Spirit of God speaks to Ezekiel the prophet, they're speaking against you, prophet. He says, they are? How are they speaking unto me? They say, come, let us go to the house of the Lord. He's got a lovely voice. He's got a wonderful sound. And they say this, and I thought, what's wrong with that? He says, but when they go home, they do not. Go to Ezekiel chapter 18, where it says there was two situations. There was a son that went and said, Dad, I'm going to do what you told me to do. But then when he left, he didn't do it. And then there was a son that said, No, I'm not going to do it. But after he went and did it. Which one was justified? It wasn't the one that said it. It was the one that did it. I would rather have struggles in church with receiving something, but pray about it and go home and act on it, Than I would to nod my head and go about my merry way. I say we've come here to be affected by the word of God. We've come here to be purged from wrong thinking. We've come here to hear it in a way that God spoke it to this generation and he's still speaking it. Scoffers and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of Christ. Oh, yeah. He spoke that in 1957. In 63, he said that that supersedes this. I hate that. God knew he was a prophet in 1957 before he got to 63. He walked in greater revelation. He did not correct holiness. He did not change certain things. It is all good for us. Now, I, I could go many places. Drop down to verse 9. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise. We're, we're 55 years later since he's gone. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but as long suffering to us, were not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. For the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heaven shall pass away with a great noise. The surprises at the day of judgment. I thought so-and-so was going to be there. I never expected so-and-so. And I have had to apply that to myself. I don't want to be surprised. I I did it on a Wednesday night. I conducted an interview. If I would conduct an interview today, the day after the rapture, you sat in a message church. How was it? Oh, I heard it, but I I just kind of put it off a little bit. I didn't take it seriously enough. I I was raised in a home that had the message message. Where Where is some of the people that you're with? I don't know. But it feels like I've missed something. It'll come as a thief in the night. Don't think for a moment that we're just going to have a magic wand raised over us and it's going to lift off wrong thinking, unforgiving spirits, unholy lifestyles unholy thoughts, things that you could have made right before. if, If you don't believe me, if you think I'm being, go listen to souls that are in prison now. Go listen to choosing of a bride. And Brother Branham at that moment is living out the prophecy of a time that will come. And he's saying with great sweat tops, I'll tell you what, when I first heard choosing of the bride, I thought, right now i got to get ready. If you've never listened to it, I encourage you, go and listen to it. If you've never listened to souls that are in prison, he cries out for his own children, and he says, Oh God, i got children that need to be saved! I don't want to just go down one path here. I want to use this I'm not saying that hours yet, I'm not the prophet, but there will be a time when that will be fulfilled, and it shall come to pass. What this age needed, let me just go a little further, let me just finish in Second Peter, it's verse 11, seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of people ought we to be in all holy conversation and godliness? I said it last week, if you're thinking one thing and doing another, don't do that. Looking for and hasting to the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Verse 14, wherefore, beloved, seeing that you look for these things, be diligent that you may be found of him in peace without spot and blameless. I like how Peter puts it here, "...an account that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation, even as our beloved brother Paul also according to wisdom given unto him hath written unto you. And in all his epistles, speaking in them of these things, in which are some things hard to be understood, and they that are unlearned and unstable rest, as they do also with the other scriptures unto their own destruction." You, therefore, beloved, seeing you know these things before, beware lest also being led away with the error of the wicked fall from your own steadfastness. What am I doing? I'm putting you in remembrance. I'm putting myself in remembrance. Let's press the battle. Let's be steadfast. Let's not be weary in well-doing. Friends, we're, we're, you may think, sometimes the devil is a is a poor taskmaster. All right, he's a... He's a, he's a, he's a dominant taskmaster he will get you weary he will get you discouraged he will get you to a place where you hardly can put on a tape read your bible and then the minute somebody says something to you i thought so you know what that is that's a sign of anemia you know what anemia is you haven't been feeding enough You know what it is? You're absorbed in your own human spirit, and you haven't allowed the Word of God to dwell in you richly. I'm saying, you can come out of that. You don't have to live in that place. You're better. You're stronger than you think you are. The Word of God in you is stronger, and it'll overcome everything. Feed on the Word of God. Stay in the Word of God. You can't overcome yourself. You can only do it by the Spirit of God in you. Okay we've got just a few more minutes. What this age needed was a Malachi 4. I want to read something way of a true prophet, and then I'll be picking some of this up in a little different way tonight, but is that okay? Yeah. I know that you all didn't book in for tonight, and some may be thinking, listen, I'm not going to apologize. Forget it. I'm not going to apologize. This is what God laid on my heart. This is what I'm going to preach, and I'm staying with it. So I'm not going to apologize. Brother Branham says now, way of a true prophet, and he says, he starts the message about Amos, who was just a farmer, but he lived in Samaria, and he says, I see his eyes. They got narrow that morning as he stood upon the hill. I see his steady hands as it moved through his gray beard. The hot sun was shining. He wasn't too glamorous to look at. How different from the modern evangelist today. His clothes were rugged, shaggy looking beard. And he looked down on the city of Samaria. His eyes got narrow as he looked. He wasn't much to look at. But he had thus saith the Lord for that nation. Are you here with me this morning? I won't have time to get into, watch the Spirit follow this. When you reject the Word of God, watch what's happened to the nation, but watch what happens to people and what they're given over to. Now, Brother Branham would say this, he's speaking on the way of a true prophet. When the Word of the Lord comes to a true servant, he must go. Regardless of circumstances or regardless of difficulties, he must go. I was just telling you about when Brother Branham went to preach and that woman who is the wife of the preacher and Brother Branham got up to the pulpit and called it out. He said, I know that man will never invite me back again. But he said it had to be preached. God made a prophet. He's a special built person. He's got the heart and the mind of God. He must go. Whatever, whether he's prepared, whether he feels like it, whether he wants to, whatever more, he must go because it's God speaking. And he must carry this message. He never goes for foolishness. He never goes for money. He never goes for popularity. I had so much here, and I need to carry some of it over. But if I just inject this, it was Samuel, the prophet who when Israel said, We want a king like the other nations. And Samuel says he was a prophet. He said, God's your king. he says, if I gi- if we give you a king he'll he'll take your children, he'll take money from you, he'll do these things. he'll do He goes through all of these things. And the people said, yeah, we know, but we don't care. We want the king. And he says, they rejected God, not Samuel. Samuel would go on to say, have I ever taken money from you? Have I ever done this from you? Have I ever told you this? Have I, I think we could look at the way of a true prophet in this generation. I'll tell you what. This was a man who was sold out to God. This was the Elijah that was there to fulfill all the types of the previous Elijahs, all the prophets. And he had a way. I I don't have time to do it, but if, if you were looking for a prophet and there was a resume, take Paul who said, Paul said, I've been in the deep many times. I've been in perils by robbers. I've been in perils by false brethren. I've been in perils by this. I've been in perils by that. And now he's bringing the resume and saying, "Uh, would you you need a new pastor? Would you need a new prophet? And you look at that resume. This guy? (laughs) How could God be with him in all of those things? Paul never advertised how many converts he had. But he looked at his sufferings and the things he went through. That was a true prophet. Look at Brother Branham and what he went through. He wasn't in it like Samuel of old. Have I ever told you anything? I'll tell you what, that's my confidence. That's the messenger of the hour. That's not a man who's like any other man. That's the one that God sent to me. And I'm so grateful for that. If we're not careful, our eyes look for the resume. You know what? I, everywhere I preach, the people love me. (laughs) Everywhere I go, they pat me on the back. They like my humor. They like my presentation. They like the fact that I, 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 I dress nice, that I, I, I fit a good image. Is that what we're attracted by? Or are we attracted by the Word of God? I'll tell you what, I want to be attracted by the Word of God. It may not be fancy, it may not be pure, it may not be what our mind or what the world tells us, but I'll say this, let's not dress up the message. Let's not dress up the messenger. Let's not garnish in this, this. Let's hear it like God spoke to us. He never goes for foolishness, he never goes for money, he never goes for popularity. He goes only in the name of the Lord for one thing. He's got a mission. He's sent of God. He is the word of the Lord because he's carrying the word of the Lord. That is a true prophet of the Lord. Is that who you're following today? As he narrows his eyes, I'm winding down. Just I could have read this at the beginning of the service, but, but those God-anointed eyes of that prophet didn't narrow because of the glamour like some tourists but of moral corruption to a people that was called to be blessed of God. His eyes didn't look at the glamour. It was the indecency and the corruption of a people that had been called to be chosen of God. And they would act in such a way the lion has roared, who will not fear? God has spoke, who can keep from prophesying? Now, Brother Ram doesn't stop it at the prophet, but his next... Statements are this, how typical it is today, preachers that stand in the pulpit and look on sin and corruption and see people doing and acting and then just bless them as a member of the church or a denomination, it's more than my soul can stand. When God speaks, prophesy, he says. If the spirit strikes a real prophet of God, he'll cry with the word, I don't want to be critical, but who can hold their peace? there ought to be a groaning and a crying. Who can stand to look on such a thing and profess to be a servant of God and not call it? I don't care what the denomination says. I don't care what any church says. That's the reason I don't belong to them. He said, if you're a messenger, you got something to say. I want to read something here. Brother Branham would bring this in recognizing your day and its message. And he's saying, I'm winding down with these thoughts, okay? So just this will be it for this morning. He would say, he said through Hosea. I don't have time to read it. I'll read it tonight. I have hewed them or I have chopped my people out by the prophets. Now, hew means to chop, to shape. So it's not just looking, Brother Branham was the prophet on a national scene. You know he prophesied Sodom and Gomorrah. That's what's around us. He prophesied that Rome would do this. He prophesied the world comes It's not as simple as that. It also comes right down to you and me. He had to chop us out of something. I'll tell you what this was not going to be. The message of John the Baptist was not to prepare a people. It wasn't a, a cultured message. It wasn't groomed. It wasn't tailored. Didn't have cue cards. No, it was the conviction of God striking a woodsman and spoke it from his heart. Brother Branham would say, he chops them. He chops his nation from the nations. He chopped his nation from the nations by the prophets. His vindicated word. So has he chopped his bride from the denominations of his word by Malachi 4 of this day. Let me go just a little further. I want to read this Also, O people, recognize the day that you're living in. He refers to Micaiah. Here's the one I want to get to. Listen, why don't we have musicians come? I'll let them come and I'll let you just settle. That way you'll know. I want you to listen to this. Brother Ed, you spoke on the way of a true prophet, but that wasn't the rest of my title, the way of a true bride. I believe there's one people on the face of the earth today that actually are taking this message for all God intended it to be. And if we've just slackened a bit, I I say this morning, I want to pull my socks up, I want to lift my head up and say, Lord, I want to take it a little bit more seriously. I don't want to be casual with it in my conversation. I don't want to say it on the pulpit and live and do something different. I want to live it in my thought life, in my home life, in my work life, in every part of my life. Now, it's the last paragraph. As my age begins to creep up on me, I see the hour of vulgarity and immorality sweeping the lands And things, and I look back and see what's happened. My heart leaps for joy, knowing after this earthly tabernacle of habitation will be dissolved, I got one up yonder. Have you ever gone through a trial and you feel like it's God's hand that's been heavy on you and chastening you? The Bible says Jesus learned obedience by the things he suffered. Not many people can receive this and take the correction. But after you come out of it and you see that you're different and your thought is different and then you turn and say, thank you, Lord. I needed that. I was not where I should have been. It's the goodness of God. Now listen to what he says there. I'm trying to pull a people... Chop them out from these things and things and pull them out to show them by the Scriptures that God standing there with a vindication of the pillar of fire, which hundreds and thousands have seen, even had it took before a camera after time to improve it, to, to prove it, I say, the message has not diminished, the word has not diminished, I say we need to take it just as seriously. I appreciate the sincerity and the amens this morning. I appreciate the song Sister Naomi sang, the way she sang it. Let's stand together. All I want to see is Jesus. Jesus. Oh, oh I know that yeah. Oh I know the time is here. Oh I you know, know the time, time is near when
0: everything that I hold dear will lay, lay before, before the holy consuming fire all my works and all my deeds. For oh.